everybody. Welcome back. You got Justin Massengill here joined by, uh, man, I said my own name really weird. Justin Massengill here joined by Kristen <laughs> Zatani and Tim Turry. Thank you for joining me via the magic of the internet. Hello. Hi, Justin Massengill. <laughs> Hi. So, so yeah, we're testing out some uh, uh, additional audio recording solutions. I wasn't super pleased with how the audio on last week's show turned out. So we're trying some headsets this week. We'll see if we sound a little bit better. Uh, please forgive us if we're not up to our usual standards, but we're doing the best we can. Um, we got a big show for you this week. We have, uh, uh, obviously, uh, next week's new release highlights at PlayStation Store. We got a whole bunch of news, big news week. Uh, one especially uh, interesting item that I can't wait to talk about. Uh, we got a special segment. Sid is going to join us uh, also like remotely, remotely. And he's going to <laughs> review Ryan Payton from Camouflage about Marvel's Iron Man VR. There was some big news about that recently. So he got Ryan on the horn to just kind of get an update from Camouflage on what's going on over there. Nice. Uh, Kristen and I are going to talk about a game that we've been playing for uh, a little while that we're both very excited about uh we'll get to that shortly and of course we have a listener letter at the end of the show so stay tuned for all that uh for now i say we get straight into the new release highlight for next week we have uh one game coming uh, a bit <laughs> a of singular week. highlight uh mercifully since you know final fantasy 7 remake is out this week uh maybe it's uh maybe it's a good thing that there aren't a ton of huge releases happening next week uh Kristen, do you want to tell us about uh what we do have coming yeah, so we have coming out next Tuesday, I believe that's the 14th. And again, this is for North America only. Uh, but we have Blind Men coming to PS4 and PS Vita as a digital release. Uh, this is a visual novel, like romance game, where you play as this like villainous spy who is you know trying to go about some nefarious mission. And all of these devilishly attractive secret agents are trying to stop you along the way. And I guess you can romance them and all this crazy stuff can happen. But uh, if you're looking for some lighthearted uh you know fanfare <laughs> blind men will be coming out the most delicate nice. thing to steal is the heart of another <laughs> oh they should get you going from, you stealing and, going from stealing hearts and persona 5 royal to stealing That's hearts right. and blind men exactly nice uh cool uh I, that sounds like something that'll be right up your alley Kristen. <laughs> i i know i love these like i just love visual novels they're fun they're silly but they're fun Nice. So stay tuned for that. It's Blind Men coming to PlayStation 4 and PS Vita next week as a digital release. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned that Iron Man VR interview and I can't stop thinking about it. I need to hear it. I want to I want to hear what Ryan Payton has to say. Uh, what, what do you say we dive straight into that? We yeah. need it. All right. Let's listen in. Hey folks, I'm joined by Ryan Payton at Camouflage. He's a director on Marvel's Iron Man VR. Uh, welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks, Sid. Thanks for having me. I have to admit, I, I didn't necessarily uh, envision us talking in this capacity uh, as we, you know, we're getting ready for the game to come out. But I think folks, you know, heard the news a few days ago about the title uh, shifting out until further notice, and uh, wanted to just check in with you and see how you and the, uh, the team at Camouflage are managing. Well, yeah, thank you. I mean, I appreciate the opportunity to to speak with you and and, and your audience. And uh, yeah, it's, it's to answer your question though, the the team at uh, Camouflage is, is doing fine, right? Uh, the the team is healthy and safe. Uh, that was the most important thing. Uh, people's families are doing all right. Um, it's a difficult time for the team, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into a little more of the details what that means for development and everything. 
Uh, but I got to just say, like in the relative sense, I think we're doing really fine. It's a, we feel really privileged to be working on video games at this at this time that we have jobs because we know a lot of people around the world are suffering and. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we keep that in mind as we as we move forward with the game every single day, trying to make it as good as possible and also trying to finish it as, as, as quickly as possible as well. Yeah, I think it's, it is important kind of in this time to uh, keep some perspective, but surely there are challenges that you folks are managing. And, and can you give us a little insight uh, maybe into to what some of them would be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. As, as, as you know, and I'm, I'm assuming some of your listeners know, we're based in the Seattle area and in, in downtown Bellevue here in the United States. And uh, one of the areas that was hit the first in, in North America. And so we were we had to react uh, pretty early. And so my whole month of March is, is like a blur. Just thinking back at it, it was that just managing what it means for the team, transitioning to work from home as fast as possible, uh, trying to figure out what that means for the game development, also take care of family needs as well. It was just an incredible time. Uh, so the the challenges and the things I wanted to share with your audience, uh, just kind of going beyond what maybe they hear in the news uh, from other studios and other companies that they just deal with, just how do you how do you do your job but doing from from your from your home uh, out of your kitchen, for example. Uh, and right. so we, we we face those similar types of struggles. But what's unique to camouflage, I think, is that uh, this this situation hit at a time where it is strangely compatible with closing out a game as as. As, as strange as that might sound, huh. um, because as as you know, with the development process, uh, toward, as you get towards the end of the game, there's not as much iteration and creative meetings that need to happen. There's a lot of time that you have to spend just with your headphones on and you're just smashing bugs. Uh, you're, you're, you're just tweaking uh, difficulty and you're tweaking um, enemy encounters and and doing final mixes on audio. And that's a little some of that. It can be very, very solitary. So while it was ex- incredibly disruptive in March to try to figure out how everybody's going to work remotely on this game. Um, it, now that we're kind of settling into a routine, it is very interestingly uh, compatible with what we need to do to, to close out the game. So there's, there is some silver lining to that. No, that's interesting. Um, you know, amidst this, uh, you know, sort of this, this work period here to finish up the title, um, are, is the team at Camouflage, are they taking time to, to sort of tend to personal affairs? I mean, I think that's something we're all trying to, to find room for. Maybe it's exercising or, you know, maybe they're in a position that they can still interact with loved ones, things like that. Yeah, I think that was an important time when, you know, we're old enough that we've we've been through a, a few moments in, in 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 world or national history where you kind of have to take a hit the pause button on on work or or your 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 daily routines and intend mm-hmm. to to your family and your friends and what's ultimately more important, right? And uh, that was really important to make sure that uh, we allowed the team to to have that time. I I do have to say though that what is interesting about our group is that when I've heard uh, from from many of my team members, uh, who by the way it's really difficult to check in with the team when they're not all in this under the the same roof, uh, something I'm trying Mm -hmm. to get used to, Um, but that a lot of them, a lot of my my colleagues feel very fortunate to have something to focus on, um, because it's so easy to get inundated by the news and get depressed and and just be wrap and just wrap yourself up in it. But because we know how important this game is, and we know how much we want it to be great despite what's going on in the world right now is that it is a nice distraction for us to sit here uh, and, and, and just focus on, on, on making the game and finishing it as, as quickly as possible. Um, I said, I ran a, an internal survey last week with the team, just kind of try to get a broad sense of how the team is doing. And, uh, and uh, of course we're hitting some very interesting technical challenges, uh, yeah, but, one, but, but on the positive side, uh, we're seeing some people uh, really talk about the benefits of having less distractions and be able to focus. Um, Mm. But that being said, 
uh, we do have some 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 of my colleagues talking about just haven't overcome that feeling of just extreme isolation. Um, yeah, which is, is something mm-hmm. that's a challenge. The other challenge that we face as a, as a group that is unique to our situation is is playtesting or lack thereof. Uh, that is such a critical point, uh, 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 element of, of, of finishing out a game. And because of the VR nature of our game as well, we just don't have the access to, we just, we have a, we have an amazing playtest lab at our office that we just can't utilize right now. And so that is one of the things that we're just trying to figure out is how do we close out this game um, and try to get as much information and data as we can to make sure that we close out the game in the proper way. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, interesting look at, at sort of uh, how a, another studio here is managing this. Uh, now, you, you mentioned earlier that you're kind of in this crucial period where you're you're crushing bugs, you're you're refining, you're sort of iterating. Um, but you know, before this situation and and, and this global crisis kicked in, um, you know, how close you know was the game to being complete? Like, I guess where are you at now? Can you give us just a status check? Yeah, absolutely. I think with with Marvel's Iron Man VR, we're really close. I think we're when the, before this all hit, we were about the two yard line. So uh, and mm-hmm. and so. We were we're still iterating on things. We know that certain elements of the game need to be better, but we did have to take a step back, hit the reset button a little bit in terms of like how we're developing the game, given how given the remote situation, and uh, and just making sure that uh, that was that was actually a, a big focus of my 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 time in, in March was actually coordinating with with Sony about what like mm. what do we do about all this, uh, and it was mm-hmm. a really it was a really amazing experience because at the end of the day, Sony first of all wanted to make sure that. Uh, our team is safe and we're doing the right things by the team. Uh, and then the second thing is making sure that the game still hits the quality bar that we all want to hit. Uh, because obviously our, our our development schedule, like a lot of other development schedules, have been impacted by the situation. So I just thought back, Sid, to uh, three three years and some change ago when I, I waltzed into the Marvel office and promised a lot of things. I promised that we were going to deliver on the ultimate Iron Man wish fulfillment in VR. I promised that we were going to be pairing the best things about Iron Man with the best things of VR. I promised that we're going to tell like a really, really heartful story, authentic Tony Stark story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I promised that this game was not going to be just a demo or an experience, but a fully fledged game. And I said, we're going to do it all at a high quality. And I think that those four things, the top four things, we're all checking off those boxes already. It's that final aspect that despite the fact that I, I know that a lot of people want to play this game, uh, we I think we made the right decision with Sony to to make sure that the team can reset, uh, figure out how we're going to close this game out and close it out in the right way that it hits that quality bar that everybody wants and needs for for this game. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I, one of the things I've heard uh, since uh, we heard about the delay recently was, you know, folks are asking, like, you know, is there going to be a chance for a demo for this thing to come out? Or am I still going to be able to play it uh, before the game launches. So do, do you have uh, anything you can say about a demo or, or where that might sort of land in all this? No, absolutely. So, you know, we, we'd love to have a demo out there. It's something that we've, we've been working on, trying to figure out how we can do it. Um, as you can imagine, our priority is to finish the game. And we're, we know that we have sure. a lot of eager fans out there to finish the full game. Um, but we also understand how powerful demos can be, especially for VR, because it's one thing to read articles about a VR game and how great it is, or it's another thing mm-hmm. to look at YouTube videos about it, but it's all in that flat screen uh, <laughs> medium, right? Uh, but Not it's ideal. a whole other thing, yeah, to get your action, to get your hands on the game and, and really feel that sensation of being Iron Man um, in this game that we've been building. So uh, like I said, it's something that we're, we're actively trying to figure out. Um, but I will say that if that's something that we can support um, before launch, um, 
the one thing that I feel very strongly about is that we don't, we not only just deliver on what we had as trade shows last year, which was like kind of a small slice. If we did it, I wanted, I would, I would want to offer up a little more content so that, so fans can get a, a better sense of like what the, what the, what they can expect from the full game. Okay. Good update. Thanks for that. Um, and you know, just on, on a more personal note, like uh, obviously it's a tricky time here. We're all sort of uh, being put to the test in our own mm-hmm. unique ways. But have you had, has there, has there been a, a silver lining for you? Have you been able to catch up on your backlog? Have you been able to, uh, to to play anything maybe that you haven't had a chance to? Well, yes and no. I think that, uh, again, March was such a such an unprecedented and, 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 and busy busy month for me. But uh, the, the nice thing was... Uh, you know, being able to spend a little more time at home and take a, take a, take a breath. Uh, and the fact that we're already, despite all the challenges we have this year, said that like 2020 is already a great year for games. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, Doom Eternal, I know you've been playing. Uh, it's oh, yeah. unbelievable <laughs> that, that Final Fantasy VII is coming out. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and just actually get, and speaking of games that are, we're, Waiting, we're waiting around for a long time, but Kentucky Route Zero, the TV edition with, yeah. with the act, finally got my hands on, on that and uh, just been really loving that. And it's a very chill game. It's something that I think we could all really use right now. Um, That's a great point. You know, I don't know if I was in the right headspace when I was playing that back in, what was it, January or fe- February. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I need to fire that back up. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a beautiful accomplishment, uh, Kentucky Route Zero. And then and lastly, uh, as you can imagine, uh, I, I've, I've definitely made time to, to dig into Half-Life Alex. Uh, nice. What an incredible VR experience. Another great game that shows just the, not only shows the potential of, of VR, but delivers on the on, on what VR can, can offer. So uh, that's been just really fun for me to, to check out as well. That's great. All right, Ryan. Well, hey, I really appreciate you dropping by, giving us a status check, uh, check on, on Marvel's Iron Man VR and just kind of where camouflage is at. I think you guys are going to be you know, okay, um, and 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 look forward to just playing the final game. Yeah, and again, thank you, Sid, for 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 giving us a, a a forum to be able to speak to to your audience and and let them know that you know, as a company, we're we're doing just fine. Uh, that the game, when it does come out, uh, it's going to be great, and uh, and I believe that you know we all made the right decision to to hold it back for the right time, and we just really really appreciate everybody's patience and and just keep in mind that we're just doing it for the right reasons. It's for people's safety, but also for the quality of the game. So. Um, I want. I just want you to hang in there too, Sid. I know this has got to be a challenging time for you as well, uh, and your listeners. So uh, yeah, just just take care of yourself, man. Yeah, it's good advice for us all. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Ryan. All right, thank you. All right. Thanks very much, Sid and Ryan, for uh, giving us that update on Marvel's Iron Man VR. I can't wait to play that game. It's going to be so good. Yeah. I remember a while back, we were able to go to a, a preview event for a bunch of different VR games. They were able to show off Iron Man. And it was just, you you absolutely feel like you are Iron Man, just like flying great. through the sky. It's great. Good stuff. Super good. Uh, let's move on to the news. Big news week. Uh, I'm going to be very greedy, and I'm just going to come <laughs> right out the gate with the, with the big boy. Uh, so we revealed the controller for PlayStation 5. It's called DualSense. Uh, you yeah. already probably have read all the news about it, but it's got this striking two-tone finish. It looks beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the design. Uh, lots of chatter on the internet about it. Um, 
it's it's been huge like one of the one of the biggest tweets we ever put out um yeah. lots of lots yeah. of people are really interested in it um, i love the design it just it looks like so sleek it looks really futuristic like if i wanted to make like a game console like controller for the future this is probably where my brain would have gone um so yeah no i'm a really big fan and i, I really like that they have the the create button with the little like three like yeah symbol yeah. above it I don't know. Yeah, they I'm, said we'll yeah. get some more news on what that create button means for players. We'll get some more news on that in the future. Um, but right now, we know that it's no longer the share button; it's the create button now. Uh, really That's interesting. Exciting reveal. Um, it, and of course, uh, you know, you already know that it has the uh, haptic feedback built into the controller. It's got the adaptive triggers. So uh, exciting times! Uh, can't wait to learn more about PS5 and about that DualSense controller. Uh, Tim, what do we got uh, for Call of Duty? Yeah, earlier this week, uh, season three dropped. So when we say a new season in Call of Duty Modern Warfare now, that means both Modern Warfare's multiplayer and also the uh, Warzone, like the Battle Royale mode, get new content. So, I mean, in in a nutshell, um, what's going on is there's always a new operator. Uh, Justin, you might remember Alex, who is... um, Yeah. You know, working alongside Price. One of the main characters from the campaign. Yeah. Yeah, really cool, cool looking character with a cool mustache. And he's uh he's he's now an operator um that you can get. Is it uh, just me or does he kind of look like Troy Baker a little bit? You know, I got interestingly like Seth Green vibes. Like if Seth Green got like yeah. really grizzled. <laughs> yeah. But I could I could see the Troy Baker vibes there too. Um somewhere and, uh, Seth Green is like, Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> you got it, Seth Green, anytime. Seth, um, if you listen to the show, come on by. <laughs> We'd love to have you on. Um, And then, uh, importantly, some new maps, too. Uh, One that really got me excited is, um, you know, very appropriately, uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare had a a popular map called Backlot, um, and that's been kind of reimagined as Talsic Backlot. And I, I, like, popped into it the other day and was immediately, like, brought back. Um, That was, that was, that one's really cool. And then there's a sawmill that's, like, burning as you're running through it and there's like a rushing river that's moving the you know the wheel of the sawmill is that what that's called a wheel uh the the mill the mill that's the mill it's all one thing you know (laughs) it's 2020 um but uh yeah it's really cool and so a lot of that a lot of the content like the cosmetic stuff um applies to both warzone and modern modern warfare's multiplayer but uh oh yeah and then importantly for warzone they dropped quads so if you're tired of like, oh. you know, having to like, um, you know, choose your two best friends to play with, you can now get another person to drop in with you. So, uh, and that's good stuff. So it's like, if you're already playing Warzone and Modern Warfare, that's just free new content as long as you do get the update going. So I'm going to go ahead and throw my hat into the ring for a carry. If we have any pro COD players out there, uh, feel free to <laughs> carry your boy to victory. Uh, wow. that, that will not be me. Uh, I can... <laughs> My best, my best feat is to not die, uh, but can't promise any victory. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the uh, that's the goal, right? Not it die. It does help. It does help. Yeah, yeah, it's a good strategy. Pro yeah. tip. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, no Man's Sky announced uh, and released some new DLC where you can pilot a huge mech, basically a big mechanical bipedal exoskeleton uh and reminder uh no man's sky is playable in playstation vr and this new dlc is also playable in psvr so you can live out your uh your mech piloting dreams by way of no man's sky yeah that's pretty rad i'm actually uh i'm looking forward to diving in and checking that out i haven't played no man's sky in a while that's it's one of those games that like 
I feel I will always have installed on my PS4 because I love to just boot it up mm -hmm. randomly. Like if I'm not actively playing anything, like uh, like FF7 Remake obviously is going to be my future for a while, but maybe after that, uh, I'll, you know, if there's not anything else commanding my time, I'll dive into No Man's Sky for a little bit and I'll just kind of see what's going on. I'll cruise around the universe in my spaceship and check out planets in my exosuit. I love it. Nice. I love that they keep updating this game. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I might have to pop into that too. It's been, it's been a hot minute, but uh, I actually haven't tried the PlayStation VR feature, so I'm going to I am now tempted. Uh, but uh, speaking of um, being tempted, I don't even know why, why I feel the need to force a segue. Um, I can just start talking <laughs> about this without that. But uh, the, the April PlayStation Now lineup has been uh, been revealed. So, um, you know, the, a, a few new titles that are being added to the service. If you are a big fan of streaming uh, on PlayStation Now, you can get the Golf Club 2019, which is available to, to download and to stream. Uh, also added was Just Cause 4, uh, if you love um, Avalanche's open-world nice. destructive destruction action. Uh, explosive. That's so explosive. Uh, that is available to download and stream as well until uh, Tuesday, October 6th. Um, and then uh, the big, the biggie, the big webhead boy. himself. Uh, Marvel's, Marvel's Spider-Man is on PlayStation Now, and you can download or stream that until Tuesday, July 7th. Oh my gosh, as if you needed a reason or an excuse <laughs> to check out this game like it's on playstation now so uh, no more excuses but oh, also, that is such a good get yeah it's incredible and also like i mean what a, what a good time yeah, that's to a big one. visit that too i feel like just enough time has passed for that game that i'd be interested in like jumping back in and and just i platinumed it and maybe i'll go back anyway just to swing around some more yeah well the the platinum is a now it's a good opportunity to, to go grab that so that's the playstation now lineup you can get more information over at the blog Nice. Um, let's see. Ooh, I'm going to take this one. So the player's choice winner for March has been revealed, and it is, drumroll please, Persona 5 Royal! <laughs> Which is definitely... I was going to say, it is absolutely what I voted for. Uh, but I mean, last month was kind of stacked. Doom Eternal came out. You had MLB The Show 20 came out. Yeah. There was just like a lot, you know, uh, Modern Warfare and everything. There was a lot going on in yeah. March. So the fact that the Persona fans, you know, banded together and said, this is our time. <laughs> I, so we I completely about, support this as a win. Uh, we tweeted about the winner uh, after the votes were tallied. And I loved one of the responses to the tweet where we announced Persona 5 was the winner. Persona 5 Royal was the winner. Somebody came back with just a picture of the Doom guy. And it says, uh, heavy metal stops. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like staring at the camera. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, that, that is so good. That was a tough month. I was genuinely curious to see which game came out on top there because Doom Eternal also re released two rave reviews, and I've been loving yeah. it. Sid wrote a really good editor's choice story about it. Um, I need to finish it. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm itching to get back in there and rip oh, some yeah. more demons apart. Yeah, don't let too much time pass. That yeah. game's like so so much muscle memory involved there that it's just like yeah i feel like i needed to keep riding the momentum but i know you can do it justin yeah michael just yes. beat it the other night it seemed like that final that final fight is a doozy it was. Uh, oh, so boy. he felt very accomplished well nice. go, michael um well speaking of editor's choice yeah no for sure um, segue, so nice. I, I was i had an opportunity to to put down my thoughts on resident evil 3 i've just like i'm a admittedly a huge Resident Evil fan and had been looking forward to Resident Evil 3 for a long time. This remake of the 1999 original 
Um, and I try not to uh, to use a, a word that Sid uh, used this week, bloviate on it too much, but like <laughs> it's it's a good word and it's also a good I don't like um, that word. Bloviate? Well, yeah, yeah, sounds weird. I'm gonna find three more. We don't we don't support that word. <laughs> um, but the uh, the game is is you know there's the remake and there's Resident Evil Resistance, so really it's kind of feels like uh, you know a two and one. But um, yeah, I like I just hunkered down and and decided I was similar to Resident Evil Two, gonna get that platinum. Um, and one thing I really love about Resident Evil Three and, and classic Resident Evils in general is like the first playthrough, you're very cautious, you take your time, you're watching all the cutscenes, you're exploring everywhere, just just being so careful around every corner because it's horror. You don't you don't know when you're gonna get attacked, right. and not being prepared could mean death or losing resources or whatever. But yeah. after that first playthrough, if you do decide to play it again, it's so empowering and fun to just blast through it again um <laughs> and and once you start skipping the cutscenes, like you can really you know just start you're essentially sp- start speed running there are certain you know trophies that are tied to speed running um but uh anyway that's that's getting ahead of myself a little bit i just really enjoyed the game as a whole like, nemesis adds a lot to the experience he's like a kind of like an amped up you know mr x or tyrant um and you know you kind of have this risk reward of like do i want to run from him or do i want to you know kite him over to a explosive barrel and shoot him so that he drops a case that has you know a weapon upgrade part in it or something um and so uh it also i really appreciate that the game even more so than resident evil 2 it deviates from the original in some interesting ways and i think you've seen a lot of fans like discussing that online but um i think like what i love about it is it, it makes me think back to like the walking dead at one point there was the walking dead tv show there was the comic book and mm-hmm. there was the Telltale game. And they were all doing different things with like the same sort of origin of the story. Right. And I really love that Resident Evil 3 does that. If you want the original, original story, go back to 1999. But then you have this sort of slightly different take on it now. Um, but yeah, have either of you two had a chance to pick it up? No. Uh, no. I want to. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I know, Justin, you're not a huge, huge horror guy. Um, but, but here's the thing. I loved the original Resident Evil 3 on the original PlayStation. I played through it multiple times, and I actually kind of liked that it was... Uh, it seemed like it was less of a commitment to play Resident Evil 3 than it was Resident Evil 2, because Resident Evil 2 was the one that kind of opened my eyes to the series, and it was mm-hmm. like super immersive and super... like. It was kind of a, a pioneer for that genre. And then Resident Evil 3 came out and seemed like it was less focused on that deeply immersive, like super long experience. And it was more like there was more uh, kind of replay value, I guess, is the, the way to, to, to describe it. Um, but I remember I played through Resident Evil 3 multiple times, um, whereas I only beat Resident Evil 2 the, the one time I did both paths on. I, I did one of the paths where he plays Leon and then Claire or the other way or something like that. But Resident Evil mm-hmm. 3, I must have played through like three or four times um, and I loved it. So I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and I'll give yeah. this one a shot because um, I, I do not like the scary games, but I Tim, do. Tim, did have you end up platinuming it? Memories. Um, yeah, I did end up platinuming it. Um, but I, you know, I, I actually really appreciate it for a lot of the reasons that. You know, Justin was talking about, which is like it does have a lot of replayability. So I felt like encouraged to. Um, there's this cool mechanic where when you beat the game, um, you unlock sort of these points to 
to spend in a shop where you can get stuff like, you know, Jill's iconic stars outfit or an infinite rocket launcher or even um, items that kind of buff your, you know, defensive ability or let you regenerate health over time or even key items like a block pick or something like that to get it earlier. And um, that really added a lot of texture to the different playthroughs. And then the Nightmare and Inferno difficulties, they actually remix sort of item locations, enemy attacks, like what doors are locked um, and uh, introduce, you know, deadlier enemies earlier. So it feels really different. Um, And so, yeah, I really appreciated stuff like that and ended up getting that platinum um, and I really enjoyed it. I just need to dig into resistance a a little bit more this weekend, but I would highly recommend if you loved Resident Evil 2 last year, like don't hesitate on this one. Like it is, uh, and they just nailed Jill's character, like her design and her personality. Like the characters are awesome. Um, nice. So yeah, highly recommend. And you know, Chris, Capcom has been on such a roll too. Do you think you're going to check this one out? Yeah. I was going to say like, I, they, they really have been, I was going to say, I, I do actually want to play resident evil three. Cause I, like you just mentioned, I very much enjoyed resident evil two, uh, which was kind of surprising for me because I was never able to finish the original one. And I never played resident evil three. Uh, originally when it came out. So I definitely want to. It's on my list. It's just between Persona and the next game we're about to talk about. I've been a little bit busy, but it's on my list. Well, take solace that it's not nearly the the huge that the other two are, um, but the replay value is there if you want it, but I would love to hear your thoughts on it. But I mean, uh, that was, you know, that's Resident Evil 3. There's also you know, another PlayStation, like talk about PlayStation one memories, like, uh, and like amazing remakes, like that's kind of the world we're living in right now. Yeah, that is a good point, yeah. which brilliantly, uh, another wonderful segue into the news that Final Fantasy seven, which if this episode is out Friday, which is today, yay, it's out now, baby. Final Fantasy yeah. seven. Uh, we have a great blog post right now with a couple of tips for folks who are about to dive in. Uh, they have seven tips, which they thoughtfully had a, had a parenthesis see what we did there uh talking through but just a couple of ideas of if you're you know not sure about how the atb meter works reminders of how you can be strategically blocking and just using you know heals between battles different advantages that you can find with different materia um it's just a, a great quick run through before you get started running through midgar but this also leads into a great time for me and justin to finally discuss how we have been playing final fantasy 7 we yeah, can finally talk about the fact it that we've been, been playing so Final good. Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm oh. 20 or 30 hours in. I'm on like chapter 12, I think. I'm somewhere around there. Have you finished it, Kristen? Okay, I think I think you're just past No, so I, I, I kind of put it down for a bit to try to get a little farther into Persona. Um, so I think you've surpassed me now. But I think I'm, I'm like 20-ish hours in. I want to say chapter 11. Man, juggling okay. JRPGs, you are brave. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's been an interesting like two weeks. I feel like my audio. But yeah, might no, be it's just, like I I have like the biggest smile on my face right now. Oh, uh oh. Uh, well, that works because I'm about to just go off. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I. You know, I wrote a couple weeks back how I didn't really have any nostalgia for the original Final Fantasy, but that like all of the playthroughs and, you know, the demo and the hands-on events for this had me like super, super hyped up. And so far, this game is 10,000% living up to that hype. Like, 
the the character like designs are flawless like midgar itself like i'm every time that you can sort of you know you're not in a cutscene and you don't have any direct place that you have to be going if you have time to wander around it is so so beautiful uh the voice acting is fantastic this game is so funny there are so many moments that have had me just like heartily chuckling on the couch <laughs> um it's just, it's really, really great in that aspect. But then on top of it, the the boss fights, like the battle system are just perfection. Like I have enjoyed every single boss fight. Uh, they all have like a slightly different strategy to them. And like they really relies on you working between your different team members um, and thinking through your materia. But it's it's just been such a wonderful experience. I don't know. That's awesome. Um, How has the, uh, the challenge progression of those boss battles kind of been? What's that arc been like for you, Christian? Because I remember that, that Scorpion Sentinel fight it was was pretty pretty demanding like it wasn't it was fair but it was like you have to pay attention and really be strategic like how has that yeah i would say they they all are kind of similar in in that aspect that the battles will there's always a moment within each of the fights where it's like you've clearly reached a certain point so now thing the the game is about to change a little bit uh and you kind of have to think through uh if it's that you need to switch up your like attacking or like do I need to be dodging more with this certain enemy are they weak to a certain type of materia or a certain spell um does it usually whoever your team member is will also be a big help on it so sometimes it's cloud just fighting by himself and you have to just focus on on you uh but sometimes you have someone in your party and it's really important for you to think okay well if Aerith is with me you know this is probably going to require a certain type of strategy so let me focus on that um but yeah, no, they, each of them have been really unique, I would say. Uh, and yeah, I, I've really enjoyed them. And they're all very challenging. I think the one that's been my favorite so far is that there's one with like a, a crab sent- sentinel instead of a scorpion sentinel. Um, and it was it was just a really great fight. Awesome. <laughs> I really love the um, the Airbuster fight. Um, it is... So if, if you play the original Final Fantasy VII, then uh, you're familiar with this fight uh, where you fight the Airbuster. It's a big robot thing. And it kind of lands on this bridge in between. So Cloud gets trapped on one side of it, and then you have Barrett and Tifa on the other side of it, and you need to fight it from both sides. And they actually, uh, I won't like get into too much in terms of spoilers for the game or anything, but they recreate that um, in like a really clever way. And like that <laughs> fight works really well with this combat system, better than you might think actually, switching back and forth, controlling Cloud on one side and then controlling Barrett and Tifa on the other side. It actually works really well with this brilliant new combat system that Square Enix has built for Final Fantasy VII Remake. I I love the combat. I know a lot of people were skeptical about like, oh, it's not turn-based. Like, look, if you want the turn-based, you can enable classic mode and that's a thing and that like approximates the turn-based battles of the original. But I really, really have to urge you to just give the normal combat style a chance i'm playing on normal difficulty there's also an easy difficulty if you want to go that way but um man i i i think that like the original final fantasy 7 uh was kind of a milestone for jrpgs and it pushed the genre forward a lot in, in a lot of interesting ways um and i think that this remake does that too obviously not in the same ways that the original game did but it pushes the idea of an action-based jrpg combat system forward this might be one of my favorite combat systems in any game i've ever played up there with like the likes of god of war Um, i I think it just it feels so good to play um it's really it's more strategic than you might think just by watching like a a youtube video or something you really have to plan your attacks and there are there are um 
if if you plan your attacks right and you uh, like line up multiple devastating attacks because you can spend your atb gauges to uh, do like really powerful attacks what i like to do is i uh, queue up one uh, powerful attack with cloud and immediately when i queue that up i switch to tifa or Aerith or barrett and i get one queued up with them and then i switch to the other character and i get one queued up with them so they're all just like laying into the enemy at the same time that'll put them into the pressured state and then that makes it easier to stagger them and then when they're staggered they take more damage and you still have elemental weaknesses like robots are weak to uh lightning Thunder, humans yeah. are weak to fire things like that uh it's like it, it brings everything to and there are so many like one thing that i love about this game is they did not shy away from the weirdness of the original yes. final fantasy 7 yeah this game uh, is weird you guys uh, like in certain moments like justin and i have been texting just like have you gotten to this scene have you gotten to that because <laughs> oh like we God. needed to share it with somebody yeah. um it's, it's definitely one that folks i think are going to be you know enjoying together and all... talking about Two things that I'll allude to. Uh, the first time that an enemy casts frog on you is going to be very confusing. Like it, it'll be a very confusing <laughs> moment in the game for you. It, it took me a minute to figure out what exactly was going on, but they kept it. And like uh, there was one point where an enemy cast gravity, and like all my characters got started getting sucked into this big like black hole in the middle of the field. I was like, what the? What is this? Oh my god, it's a gravity That's spell. Awesome. Um, I think it was called it was called like entwine or something like that. But it was basically like it looked very much like the old school gravity spells. Um, so they kept a lot of what made Final Fantasy VII so weird and quirky and beautiful and amazing and like the the charm of the game is still there. And I think that was the most important thing when remaking a game with this with this yeah. pedigree is making sure that you pay respect to the source material. And they did that in spades here. It it very much honors the original, but it isn't afraid to strike out and kind of walk its own path either. So I feel like this was an impossible tightrope for Square Enix to walk, but somehow, some way they managed to do it and they knocked it out of the park. I am That's in love awesome. with this game. I the one the one section of that, you know, of all of the the Midgar stuff that I was always curious about, and I think a lot of people were was just like, okay, Honeybee in. How is this going to play out <laughs> oh, in the year 2020? God. Okay, like, so speaking of things that Justin and I were texting about. <laughs> that, <laughs> Honeybee in might be the greatest scene in a video game I've seen in oh, like 10 man. years. It is, it's unbelievable. It is so superb from start to finish. It is just a plus. Like every, my, my face was just like glued into a grin. And like the way that the other, like what I love about this one is having the characters being voiced and like the cutscenes are phenomenal. The way that they shift between cutscenes and action moments are great, but the characters just really come to life. And it's like seeing, seeing like Aerith reacting to what's happening, like seeing Tifa react in other seats, like, and a Cloud's response to a lot of these folks, like so many of the moments that I have laughed at have been like Cloud's responses to a couple other characters in, in different yeah. situations like it's, well, the, it's the fact that cloud always plays it completely straight like he never yeah. breaks character even when he's put in these ridiculous situations and i love it it, it works so well it it completely works it's just fantastic That's awesome uh, i am so pumped i can't wait to jump in i'm so happy that it's living up to y'all's expectations it's, it's incredible I, I keep trying to think about like how best to like summarize the game or how best to describe it to people and like the word that keeps popping into my head when i try to tell people about final fantasy 7 remake is spectacular and i don't mean that like like oh it's like really really good i mean spectacular in the literal sense that it's a damn spectacle like this game is it goes 
hard and it it just nails it yeah it completely nails it so far that's great some have of the you, best boss uh, battles i've ever seen man oh god i, I want to just stop recording and go keep playing it right now <laughs> coming off the heels of uh, i just you know i played through like final fantasy 9 for the first time and really loved it and it reminded me that like without fail in most final fantasy games what happens is like i can just sort of you can you can hum along and do as many side quests as you want or you can just kind of like keep on doing the main story uh but if you pass on enough side quests eventually i feel like i hit a point where i'm like okay i am a little under leveled for this i need to go do some side quests like how have you two mm. found like the sort of like balance of like you know sticking with the main story versus feeling enticed to go do some side quests and then like mm. the sort of like um the progression that's tied to, to getting stronger do you feel like you've hit points where you're like okay i really need to level up um, it's interesting i think that the game does uh it, it keeps you on kind of uh it keeps you on a path like not like a linear, like straight forward path, but like on a on a like narrative path. You know where to uh, go. It keeps you, you on that uh, yeah. for the most part. There are a couple parts that open up, and a character will say like, "Hey, why don't you wander around the town and help some people?" And you go do some side quests, and like that stuff is fine. I don't think that that's like my my uh, favorite part of the game. That's not that's not where I'm like mm-hmm. uh, I'm doing a few side quests, and I'm usually trying to get back to the main story because like the the like the big boss battles and the huge cutscenes are where the game really shines. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the side quests do have compelling rewards where you can get uh, like certain new materia are tied to some side quests, or sometimes you'll get a weapon or like some items. And uh, it mm, seems like the materia. side quests have kind of narrative threads that run through them as well as you get <clears> to different areas, like certain characters from earlier side quests will show up in new areas and be like, Hey, yeah. remember me? You helped me back here. Oh, cool. Like now I need to yeah. help with this. And like, there, stuff uh, there's a character that shows up at the honey VN that you meet earlier in a very different context. And they're like, <laughs> <"Whoa!"> <laughs> and oh, yeah. it, it was funny to run into them. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with Justin that it's definitely the side quests definitely aren't like of the bulk of the game. And I don't think it's a, I at least haven't run into a scenario where I felt like, oh, I like I'm not at a high enough level. I need to go like try to grind it out somewhere. That's definitely not been the situation. Um, It's always sort of been like, like Justin said, uh, someone might be like, hey, you know, you have some time. Why don't you see if anyone needs help? Uh, But then it's sort of like, feel free to check back in. And so if you could do like one quest, you could do all of them and then go back. Um, But yeah. But I mean, some, yeah, sometimes I, it, it, it's very fruitful and there'll be characters, sometimes it's like a recurring thing that it's not necessarily a side quest, but uh, the the way to get summons materia in this game, you know, sometimes you're finding it and sometimes it's related to a quest, but there's also, I believe he's a new character uh, named yeah, Chad, Chadley that he sort of gives you, he'll be in every major like city or like hub that you run into any town. Um, and he's sort of just like constantly doing this research he mentions. And so you can do all these different like quests to gather research for him. Uh, but part well, of it, what I is like that... about those is those are their passive quests. So it's exactly. not something that you need to go actually do, but it's like, Hey, if you stag, uh, stagger enemies 20 mm-hmm. times, then that finishes this, I guess, challenge. And then, uh, he, comes up with a new materia or something like that yeah and in some cases he can he can create new summons uh which is why your girl now has a fat chocobo <laughs> as a summon. yes the fat chocobo summon is so good <laughs> it's too so it's good. ridiculous and like uh, this is another example of the game just taking something ridiculous and playing it totally straight yeah. Like it's a realistically it's a rendered fat chocobo, like oh, yeah. throwing cartoonish bombs at enemies and like rolling around the battlefield. It's so dumb. It's really, but really I love dumb. it. 
Oh, it's the best. Oh man, I love this game. It's, <laughs> it, it is it is Final Fantasy VII through and through. Yeah, I would say at least as of right now, it. Uh, I remember last week Sid gave Doom Eternal a Game of the Year contender. This is my Game of the Year contender for sure. I think this is this is my front runner so far for sure. It's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it seems like we got a lot of games coming this year, so we'll see. That but, is true. I'm so ready. Um, yeah, FF7 is is definitely going to be in discussions. Well, yeah. Anyway, do so we that's... want to read a listener letter? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake out now on PlayStation 4. Play it. Love it. Uh, <laughs> write, in, tell, uh, write into the blogcast and tell us what you think about Final Fantasy VII Remake um, if you're getting in there. And why wouldn't you be? I mean, let's be honest. Uh, but yeah, we did get one good listener letter from Nick. Uh, I'm not going to read it because he he mentions my name and like I, don't, okay. I feel like that would be weird. Uh, Kristen, do you want to read this one? Yeah, or actually, Tim, Tim, Tim hasn't had a chance to talk in a bit because we've been um, during the conversation. Do we want to let Tim read this one? Sure. Go for yeah, it. Happy to. Uh, yeah, so this letter is from Nick. Um, hello, Mr. Massengill and crew. Um, Hi. Maybe your your <laughs> last name is less confusing than Justin. Oh, because everyone calls you Jason. Uh, must be <laughs> yeah, I tweeted, I tweeted something like, please, for the love of God, stop calling me Jason in emails because it happens all the time. So thank you, Nick, for getting it right. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, okay, so go, going along here. So thanks for keeping the content coming. Um, do you have a comfort game or or maybe a comfort game gaming related activity you do like, you know, or any, any kind of comforting activity for that matter? Um, he, he goes on to say, my comfort games have been the re-released versions of Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9, the ones with uh, three times speed. Also, I've been revisiting oh. some of my old gaming magazines during this quarantine. Uh, I was an avid reader of of PlayStation Magazine and GamePro way back when, so I've opened up some old basement boxes to peruse the issues I still have. Um, I find your blog to be the present-day magazine, quote-unquote. I enjoyed reading as a wee lad. Uh, So again, thanks for the content and hard work. That's really nice. I, I definitely appreciate that, having like uh written for a gaming magazine i i appreciate that sort of like what that says to me is that um in the world where content can be a fire hose and there's just so much everywhere that we are you know that our curation is being appreciated so thank you nick that means a lot um yeah, that but, actually yeah. is really flattering to me, um, just because I grew up reading these magazines too, and it was kind of a dream when I was younger to someday appear in a magazine or be an editor on one of the magazines or something. And now to ha- to have you uh, chime in and say that the thing that we're doing evokes those same feelings and those memories, uh, the, I can't think of a higher form of flattery. So thank you very much. It it really does mean a lot to for someone to say that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what what do you two think? Um... I got to think about mine a little bit, but do you have like sort of like a comfort game that you go back to? I would say in, in recent years, it's been whatever the most recent Assassin's Creed game was like, it is easily like whatever I'm in a lull or whenever I just like, don't really have a a new game that I'm, I'm working towards. I'll just boot up that sweet, sweet Assassin's Creed Odyssey and I'm back in ancient Greece or, you know, before that it was origins before that it was syndicate and like on and on and on and on. 
Um, so basically, ever since I got into that series, that has probably been my my go to because uh, they're just such great open world games. And once you finish the main story, there's always still so much that you can do. Um, so yeah, I, I think I've always enjoyed those. But then I was trying to think even farther back of like what's probably the the one game when I was a kid that I used to go back to a lot more. Um, and it was on another console, but on my my sweet little purple GameCube. Uh, I was obsessed with Star Fox Adventures, which I know like not everybody loved that entry, but like I can probably easily say that on any other console other than PlayStation, I've probably put the most hours into Star Fox Adventures. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> there was um, just something about it. I feel like my answer is going to be obvious. I mean, Final Fantasy XIV, uh, I've got like over 5,000 hours clocked in it. So <laughs> that's an easy answer. I also play a ton of Destiny. And, you know, I was every once in a while, I get sucked into Monster Hunter for like 100 hours at a time. Um, but we have been talking, we, we mentioned No Man's Sky earlier. That's a good comfort game for me to just like, uh, you know, launch into outer space and cruise around for a couple hours and just like zone out like that's that's a lot of fun we mentioned final fantasy 7 um that was an early one for me i maxed out the in-game timer in the original final fantasy 7 i would even after i beat the game i would just go back and i would uh try to get all of the different materia and max them out and try to max out the gill counter and stuff like that i just enjoyed the act of playing it so much that i would just like load it up and set these arbitrary goals for myself to try and hit and i achieved most of them i think i got like because there are a bunch of missable items i got all of them i maxed out all the different materia like i got millions of gil or whatever the the maximum is uh <laughs> so i don't know we'll we'll see if if this new one uh if i max out the gameplay timer on i'm not sure if it even can max out but i think i'm going to be playing a lot of it yeah, I'm with you. I, I remember maxing out the... Because, like, the game timer in the original game, I think, was, like... 99, Final 59. Fantasy, yeah. It's, like, 99 hours? Like, who's beating this game in that? Um, <laughs> and I remember maxing it up for the end of the first disc. But, the uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I've been thinking about this, and, you know, I think one habit I've kind of gotten back into is uh, recently we got a another TV in the living room because... Um, you know, Janice has her own, you know, PlayStation 4 now, and we've played some games together. Um, but when she's not using it, I was, like, finding myself, like, grinding out, like, some achievements in Resident Evil 3 on one screen, which is incredibly comforting, because just, like, Resident Evil is, like, one of my games. And, like, I'll go back and replay one of my, like, the first game or the remake or whatever. And that's, you know, very much a comfort food type thing for me. But then on the second screen, I, like, rewatched all of the first three seasons of Arrested Development, which is just like, <laughs> a happy place for me. Like, it's just like, nice. oh, this is the funniest TV that's ever been, I think, still, um, you know, written. And so that combo has been just really incredible. Um, and I'm sure that, like, Final Fantasy VII and being in that world with that music and those characters is going to be, like, a warm blanket. But it's it's definitely, you know, video games are a huge part of it um, in terms of just, like, the comfort of it all and like you know fan finding reasons to jump online with friends and stuff like that and play games and, and catch up has been good too but yeah man resident evil rest of development final fantasy like i this is this is I, I'm, I'm living for this stuff so <laughs> sweet uh, uh yeah. well i think that is just about everything for our show this week is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about while I struggle to pull up the our old tracker so I can uh, read Ooh. the outro. Speaking of uh, watching things on TV, the um, yeah, the, the the Castlevania Netflix series is 
awesome. I finally got around to season oh, nice. three and it's just like worth mentioning that, you know, the, the quality has been really consistent throughout. And if you like vampires and animation and good writing and just like probably the best Castlevania storytelling across the entire franchise, like it's wow. so good. Have either of you, I saw the first season and I really liked it. I didn't watch season two though. Oh, you got to, you got to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. They're easy, like half hour episodes too, right? Yeah. It's, it's great. Very bite size. Nice. I'll take it. Uh-huh. Bite size. Because they're vampires. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All I'm right. so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Cool. I love it. Keep it coming. Is, is that going to be all from Kristen? I believe, yeah. Because other than that, I've just been playing that sweet, sweet persona and then like learning K pop dances in my bedroom. <laughs> nice. How is that so, going? It's good. I mean, because I've been playing Just Dance and they have a couple K-pop tracks on there and then it kind of just gets me hyped up and then I'm like, I could learn the real dance. <laughs> and so I'll just like find a YouTube tutorial. But yeah, it's been it's been fun. But the well, funniest part though is that actually doing it. the funniest part though is that like A, Darcy will be, our cat will be on our bed just like watching me like deeply confused. And then Michael's in the other room with his headphones on. And so sometimes I'll like record myself to see if I'm doing it right. And it's just so funny because Michael's in the background of every video, just <laughs> not at all part of that scenario. Nice. So yeah, it's been good. Cool. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for our show this week. Thanks again to Sid and Ryan Payton for that wonderful Iron Man, uh, sorry, Marvel's Iron Man VR uh, interview. Uh, thanks to Square Enix for making Final Fantasy VII Remake because it's great and we love it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to go play it right now. Uh, <laughs> don't don't tell Sid, uh, but I'm going <laughs> to not work for a couple hours so i can play final fantasy uh so yeah if you enjoy the show uh please uh, send us your your thoughts uh email us at blogcast at sony.com uh we are looking for more emails to read on the show so keep them coming what's uh, your you favorite material what is your favorite materia right now i will say my favorite one in ff7 remake is the elemental materia which i forgot was a thing but you can pair it to uh like a fire or ice or uh, mm. thunder or lightning materia i forget if it's thunder or lightning but um that thunder, then makes say. okay but that makes your your physical attacks uh that imbues your physical attacks with that element so like if you're fighting, if you're in an area with a lot of robotic enemies or mechanical enemies, put an elemental materia with a lightning or a thunder materia. Uh, and then every time you hit one of them with a physical attack, it's like weak point, weak point, weak point. Uh, so mm. yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun to tinker with that. Um, but yeah, that's a good prompt. What is your favorite materia? Write in blogcast.sony.com. Uh, you can find right. us at PlayStation Blog. Uh, we're at PlayStation on Twitter. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. We're on TikTok. Uh, we're oh, yeah. on some fun TikTok oh ideas. We are, in fact, on, on TikTok. <laughs> uh, subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts. It's no, no longer called iTunes. Uh, boot up that Podcasts app and uh, leave us a review if you'd be so inclined. Uh, if you enjoy the show, we'd appreciate it if you tell a friend. Thanks to uh, Dormy Loan for our theme song. Thanks to Corey Schmitz for our logo. Uh, and by the way, thanks to Corey Schmitz for our new logo, which Ooh. will be debuting next week. Because, surprise, surprise, this is the last episode ever of the PlayStation Blogcast. <gasps> Because we're going legit, baby. We're the official PlayStation <laughs> podcast now, starting yeah, next what? week. 
who listens to blogcasts anymore? I listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned. After, after a rich and robust 360 episodes, we're coming full circle and we're going to go legit as the official PlayStation podcast starting next week. So thank you for 360 amazing episodes of the blogcast. I will miss it from a personal standpoint, but I'm excited to finally be a host on a podcast. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I'm honored. Same. Well, uh, yeah, thanks again to uh, you guys for co-hosting. Thanks to everyone for all of the uh, 360 episodes of support. And we'll see you next week on the official PlayStation podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.